three, two, one, and we are live. What's going on, Print Bam? If you're new, my name is Cam. Welcome to the Print Life Live, 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 where I talk about screen printing news, regular news, business advice, and then at the end, I do the screen printing Q&A with you lovely people who tune in to watch my goofy ass talk for however long. Uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, we're going to keep it a little looser this time around. I have a, a little bit of a agenda, but overall, we're just going to take it easy and take it loose. So you guys can start hitting me up in the chat. In the meantime, let's run that All right, welcome back, welcome back. Jason ends. I'm live too. What, what do you mean, man? You're running a live feed simultaneously with me? That's messed up, son. Uh, before I get started, guys, how is the quality looking? I mean, it's looking real fuzzy from my end. How's it looking for you guys? Man. What's up, Flex? Rick is doing fine. He's, uh, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Who's that, Rick from The Walking Dead? Yeah, I've heard this before. Jason, Jason, what's up, guys? What's up, guys? If you're just tuning in, welcome to the Print Life Live. Uh, we'll be getting to all of this shit shortly. I'm just going to give everybody a chance to get into the, uh, into the feed and, and start chiming in here. Gabriel Lopez, what's up? Flex, good to see you. Fabio, how are you doing, my friend? Marcus, what program do you use for creating artwork? I will get to that shortly, Marcus. Just hang in there. Um, good, okay. So the feed's looking all right. This is good news, guys. Uh, so if you do remember from last time, I've kind of put just a structure together, maybe mainly to keep this kind of like engaging. This is freaking weird, man. Okay, I'm in, I'm in like super douche mode today. I got my barefoot sandals on with my super douchey like joggers. I feel strange, I feel a little out of my element right now. So, I don't know why I brought that up. It's cause I'm like sitting weird and I'm all fidgety and shit, so anyway. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is start this off with a bang by introducing you to the motivational quote of the day and it reads, the whole secret of a successful life is to find out what is one's destiny to do and then do it. Again, let me feed that to you one more time. The whole secret of a successful life is to find out what is one's destiny to do and then do it. Uh, before I tell you what I think that means, you guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show it on the screen for you one more time and then tell me in the chat what you guys think about that. Define this to, to me as well. The whole secret of a successful life is to find out what is one's destiny to do and then do it. Um, so when I hear that, it actually kind of throws me for a loop just because I'm not 100% sure that I believe in this in the term of destiny, right? I think many, I think anything can, can be perceived as a destiny, but at the end of the day, it's just your passion kind of breeds your destiny. But I don't, I don't believe in any kind of pre- predetermined idea of if of no matter what we do we're going to end up here i just i don't see things that way so that part of the quotes kind of throws me for a loop but i do believe that you can also translate it as to um, whatever your passion is then you do that and then you'll be happy uh, because if you pursue something that you're passionate about it will never be like you're working and if you feel like you never have to work then obviously that's the quickest path to happiness so that's my interpretation of that. Oh, and that was by the uh, late, great Henry Ford. Some would say he was great. Others might say that he was uh, he was the thing that, or he set the seed, in, or he planted the seed that set America into this path of whatever the hell we are now. This is a complete mess. I don't know. Anyway, uh, good enough. So how do I apply this quote to my daily life? Well, again, we're we're looking at it not as I'm I'm replacing the word destiny with passion and I apply this just by 
my passions change often, as many of yours probably do as well. And uh, that's just kind of where I try to steer my ship. Wherever my passion ends up, that's where I try to, to like point my energy and I just head that way. And I'll do it until my passion starts to fade and then I go another way. I have never been the person that has one goal over all other and I just and I've had that for a lifetime. It changes all the time for me. But this is how I find happiness in my life. It's just having something that I'm interested in, a passion, and then following it to the best of my ability. So that's that. And let me see what you guys said. Did you have anything? Destiny is what you make it. I totally agree. Jason ends. Totally agree. Said and back to the future. Yeah. Oh, was that? Was it really? The audio has a bad delay. Hey guys, does the audio have a really bad delay? Is that what's happening with you too? Let me know in the chat here. I'm waiting for you, waiting for you. Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, I mean, me too. I um, am not a huge fan of just like sticking with one thing for a very long period of time. Man, I don't got that kind of... I got that kind of focus. I like to change it up. Guys, just real quick, let me know in the chat. Is the audio and video out of sync really bad? Because one person did say that it's really bad. It's like out of sync. That would suck because I've been really working on this to try to get it to sync up. No, nah, all bueno here. Okay. Slight delay. Gosh darn it, man. Well, elevation, I mean, I'm going to do the best I can with this, man. I think that it's my my connection's not so great. It says my stream health is fine, so I don't know. I don't know. Just uh, the video, I guess maybe you won't be able to watch it. Maybe just more or less listen as opposed to watching. All right, anyway, so we're going to move on from that. I feel like we tackled the quote thing good enough. So now it's time to move on to the interesting side, which is the news. The news, the news, the news, the news. So last time I had a lot of screen printing news and I scoured the internet and there's just not a goddamn interesting tidbit of information on the news or on in screen printing news anywhere on the web. So I had to go somewhere else. So the news I'm going to cover right now has absolutely nothing to do with the screen printing industry. It's just shit that I'm interested in. Uh, sign, it's all good. Could be my connection also. Carry on. Delay. Marcus says it's a delay. It's a little off, but it's fine. Yes, audio and video is out of sync. Gosh, damn it. Let me see here. Well, that's just infuriating. That does not make me happy. All right, well, we'll, we'll carry on this time, guys, and, and then I'm just going to keep this short then. Okay. Actually, you know what? Because the audio and video and all that shit's out of sync, I'm not going to dive into the, any of this too heavily. I figure we'll just do some Q&A real quick and then just end this off so that I can figure out how to fix this because I don't want to do an hour long with, a, with an audio video delay. All right. So you guys, start feeding me the questions in the live chat and I will do my best to answer them. And I'm going to bring this up so that we can actually show the live chat. Oh, shit. Hang on. One sec, guys. I'm going to pop out my chat window here. And I'm going to throw some stuff into some other stuff. Make this look a little bit better. There we go. Pop out chat, baby. Okay. Looking at my chat. All right. So I did see a question up here earlier. Let me get back to it. Um, starting out with... This is from Marcus Herbert. Thank you for asking me this question, Marcus. It says, what programs do you use for creating artwork besides Illustrator and Corel? Any template programs you would recommend? Honestly, no. I've pretty much been raised on Adobe Illustrator and I entered into the industry in a company that used Illustrator as opposed to Corel. There is one freeware program program out there that is a vector editing program called ah, is it Inkscape, which I've used a little bit. Inkscape is free. It's 
very powerful and you can save things out as EPS so they can be opened up in Corel or Adobe Illustrator. So if it's a budget issue that you're dealing with, check out Inkscape. It's legit. That's my understanding. Um, and if it's not ink, one of them is like a photo editing program and the other one is a vector editing program. So just look into Inkscape and then just look at for open source software. They're out there. I haven't used them to great extent, so I can't tell you much about them. But check those two out. Thanks for the question, Marcus. Audio has a real delay. God, that pisses me off, dude. <sighs> okay. Destiny is what you may want to listen to. Uproar, welcome in, guys. Um, Marcus, delay, but it's good, but it's good enough. It's fine, dude. Da, 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 da. Okay. Like a butt hair slow. Have to really focus to notice the delay. Yeah, it sounds like anybody is. Yes, I am using OBS. You familiar with OBS? I just got into it. I put the delay on it, man. It matches up perfectly when I'm recording, but it seems to be an issue on the stream. Anyway, guys, keep feeding me your questions into the chat. If you got questions, let me know. Um, in the meantime, until those come through, I'm going to go to my comments and see if I can answer some of those questions. YouTube. <clears throat> yeah, Inkscape is dope from what I can tell, from what I've heard. Uh, no, 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 no. Rebecca Bay says, hey, look at that. Casey Knight's there. Okay, this one is from Tats Valids. Tats Valids on YouTube. Check Tats out. Uh, the question is, just want to ask, sir, is it okay to burn the screen under one minute with not so bright sunlight? I'm just a newbie. Thanks a lot. Okay, so this is in regards to how to burn a screen for cheap, which is a tutorial that I made a little while ago. Um, yeah, as far as I know, even on an overcast, the UV output is still pretty high, so it'll still be under one minute. One of the things that I forwent in that video was just the plate glass, which you should lay over the top of the film. I didn't put it in there because I was just trying to keep it as simple for everybody as possible. But if you're having issues with undercutting or exposing the emulsion when you expose it in the when you expose it in the sun. Uh, you may try getting a plate of glass and laying it on top and then doing it again. But yeah, any pretty much anything in the sun, whether it's overcast or direct sunlight, it should expose in under a minute, in under 60 seconds. Okay. Will Addison asks on YouTube, is it possible to do these types? Is it possible to do screen printing with, vi with vinyl stencils? Yes, it is. The And they, that's on... I did a tutorial on alternative ways to make screens, and that is one of the ways you can do it. You can make a stencil out of vinyl, stick it to the mesh. It works exactly the same as the paper method, the paper stencil. So you can absolutely do that. Music incredible. No, 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 no. Okay, Kazmin Wells on YouTube says, do a video on how to burn a film for a four-color job. Now, I'm assuming you're probably talking about process because otherwise a two-color is exactly the same as a four-color in terms of setup. So I, I do want to do, I am going to shoot a tutorial on setting up a two-color, but I'm not going to do a four-color because it's exactly the same process. You need your underbase and then your overprint, and I'll do a video on that in the near future. As far as a CMYK or a process print, I will also do that shortly, but that's kind of more advanced. I'm trying to get all the baseline tutorials out of the way first, kind of get my base. And then once my base is built up, then I'll move on to the more in-depth uh, professional level tutorials. It's funny, man. Like I started this YouTube channel and I'm sharing information, but at the end of the day, I started this to reach out to potential customers. And it's kind of turned into more of this thing where um. I'm just giving advice to potential printers, which is cool. I'm into that. But I've had to kind of shift gears in my mindset and to kind of leave the vlogs behind and start focusing more of my time on tutorials, which is kind of a bummer to me. But anyway, there isn't much delay. I'm going to come back to live chat now and see if there's any new questions in here. Delay is gone. That's freaking weird, dude. Delay is gone. Delay is a lot better, too. Okay. 
but it has a huge yeah actually okay so marcus says thanks i use corel jaw just got it but it has a huge learning curve that is it doesn't matter what vector program you learn whether it's illustrator corel draw inkscape they all have a huge learning curve it's the bezier tool or the bezier tool i don't know what you call it but that thing takes some practice with so you with the with illustrator with vector graphics you're just gonna gotta dive in and just learn it there is no there's no shortcut man they're kind of complicated question how did you go about finding your shop's location this is from uproar that's a good question dude actually it's always based on price for me um <clears throat> the second thing is i utilize craigslist because Craigslist oftentimes doesn't have property managers per se. It's usually like individual to individual. So there's more room for negotiation in that setting. Uh, and typically the landlords that are like individual, they're not a property management company. They're just easier to work with all the way around. So that's one of my criteria now is not having a large property management company. I don't like dealing with them in commercial in commercial space. They're, they're, not, they're not flexible. They don't, they barely negotiate. So that's really the trick, right? Get on Craigslist and try to find a private leasing or somebody like the guy owns his own building and he just leases space out of it, which is what we do here. Usually get the best deals that way. Uh, did you go? Michael Lawson, how do you have a video of aligning and printable? Hi, do you have a video of aligning and printing multiple colors? Uh, Michael, I don't yet. Uh, like I was saying a little bit ago, I'm just trying to get the baseline out of the way get all of the the core stuff like setting up the you know setting up the screen setting up a one color uh, burning it all that kind of shit coding the screens once that stuff's out of the way I'm gonna start diving into to a little bit uh, of a higher advanced tutorial but again just want to get the baseline out of the way and then it will be uploaded it's just not there yet thanks for the question Michael Lawson on YouTube everybody check them out flex McKenzie printing with white ink on black is a pain for me it's Hard to get it bright, especially when you're first learning. Make sure you got good tack on the palettes. Um, make sure your screens are tight because otherwise you're going to get like uh, fibrillation and you might get ghosting on the edges. Really the biggest thing with printing white, dude, is having a decent flash, not over flashing it, just getting it tacky, and then making sure everything's tight so the palettes aren't deflecting and then that will give you a nice clean print. You're always going to have to double hit it to get a bright white plastisol print. In my opinion, most of the time. I saw a question up here a little bit ago about fibrillation. Where is that? Uh, damn it. Okay, yeah, yeah. This was from Gabriel Lopez. I kind of glazed over real quick. Do you have any tips on how to prevent fibrillation, especially with white ink? There is a lot of, there's a lot of tricks to it. I, that's another like high end. And so that's one of our tricks of the trade that we figured out or that I figured out early on. You gotta, one way is you can use a heat press after the print is complete. So you get your print all done. You can take it over to a clamshell heat press, you know, put a Teflon, sheet over the top of it press it down it'll kind of smooth everything out and kill the fibrillation the other way is on press and if you're using a manual press i'm going to do my best to explain this as a as your first hit of white comes around from underneath the flash dryer you're going to have a screen a blank screen not exposed with a uh, silicone on the bottom of some sort whether you tape a, a a teflon sheet to it or you just use silicone spray and you do a dry pull directly after the heat. This flattens the fibrillation down on the white underbase. And then when you do that second coat of white, it's like glossy, baby. All you see is the beautiful mesh texture. So this is the trick that I figured out a long damn time ago. If I didn't explain that well, let me know in the comments. And I will eventually put that video out as like a pro tip. Uh, that is one of ours that I've kind of always kept close to the chest. Again, this is when I get irritated is when it's like printers in my circle are, oh, I already knew that. Well, anyway, but so just don't be that way. And I will share that in the future if I didn't explain it well enough in this response. I think that that would be a really good pro tip video. Uh, why didn't you go this? How did you go about finding your shop's location? Okay. Anyway, now I'm back to the line here. Why didn't you go with the storefront? Cost. 
at retail freaking locations, man, it costs too much money. And I have a whole different plan for how we're going to go about that anyway, which you guys will see if you keep following the channel. I have a big plan for growth, but it's not, it's, it's just strange. It's very different. So just stay tuned in. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put that out there until it's actually, until the process is initiated, but I do have plans for store for a storefront. It should be dope when it's all said and done. Mix that white flex. How did you go with a storefront? Did you, did you got, okay. Mix the white flex, then mix more and more. I think Jason is saying you should like for fibrillation and stuff. I think it's for the same. Wait a minute. Printing with white on black is a pain for me. It's hard to get it bright. I do agree. Mix your ink always, whether it's a gallon, a quart or a five gallon, you should mix it with a drill or whatever. As soon as you pop the top, because it just gets the molecules or whatever's in that damn ink flowing. And the entire process goes smoother when you have a freshly stirred quart gallon or five gallon of ink. Always stir your ink. That's like, that is like baseline shit. If you go to a shop and they're not stir, stirring their ink, they're, kind, they're probably sort of yahoos. You should always stir your ink. And if your printers are too lazy to do it, you may need to reevaluate who, who, you're, who you're dealing with. Because it's just, it's just good, good habit. It's a good habit. That's it. Just one of those baseline habits that every shop should have. You stir the ink as soon as you open it. Uh, <clears throat> need to mat down the fibers exactly you mat them down by having a blank screen putting silicone on the bottom of it as soon as it comes out from under the flash dryer do a hard squeegee pull and it'll mat that shit all down man it's a beautiful thing yes that's true too jason put the lube inside i completely spaced that you need to put we just put um curable reducer in the screen and then that just keeps the squeegee lubed up works like a charm What's up? You should use a white base when printing four colors. What's up? Okay, Casmine Wells. Should you use a white base when printing four colors? Thank you for the question, Casmine. It depends. I, and I, again, I, is this four color process or just four colors? So every job ha has its own requirements. If you're doing process colors on a white t-shirt, you don't need to. On a black, obviously you do. Otherwise, it won't show up. Uh, and then in some cases, if it's just a four spot color, you may or may not need the underbase, depending on what colors you're printing, how heavy or how bright they need to be. There's just a lot of factors. Coat with the emulsion, cure the emulsion, throw any color ink in there and then pull that down. I never use Teflon. Yeah, we don't use a Teflon. We use a, we use silicone spray. It just keeps it slick. And it sometimes if you do under cure that first pass a little bit, it'll lift the ink. But if you have some kind of a Teflon or a silicone spray on the bottom of the screen, it will, uh, it won't lift. It won't lift even if you didn't fully cure the first print. So use Teflon on the bottom of the screen. I promise you, you won't regret it. Otherwise you're going to have lifting and sticking and all kinds of stupid issues. Do you think it's best learning color separations and halftones or should I buy auto software? I learned it the manual way. And the, the, I still don't have it down perfectly. So this is from John McC McCoogan, sorry, I'm gonna butcher that. McCoogan, John McCoogan, thank you for the question. Yes, the learning curve is steep when you're doing manual separations, in my opinion, and I also find it extremely difficult to train people on this. This is, it's just like a knack you develop, just like you just develop a knack for loading the shirt that just comes from time. It's the same with manually separating artwork. Most printers don't know how to do it manually. That's the honest to God truth. Most of them use some kind of automated software and then they'll just make adjustments to it. So that's what I would just recommend getting an automated software. I mean, if you're on a tight budget, you can learn how I'm going to do a video on doing manual separations, but they never turn out. It seems like they just never turn out as good as they do with the software. So at the end of the day, it's just worth getting the software, but it is good to know how to do it. So just because some cir circumstances pop up, maybe you need to pull a little bit more orange out of this, out of the image, and the auto software is not quite grabbing it, then you can do a manual color, like a color grab, and apply that to a channel. So it's good to know how to do it both ways. Anyways, thanks for the question. Thanks for the silicone tip. Yeah, dude, definitely. Use the silicone. Thanks, guys. I'll definitely try that. I currently use a heat press, but it's so damn time-consuming. It is, and what we're talking about with pressing it down is just um it's pretty quick <clears throat> and you can do it as a solo screen printer you just stand direct instead of like you know how you'll normally have your flash here and you rotate the press into the flash 
you keep the flash on this side so that it's flashing right before it comes to you and it's coming to you hot and you lower the screen down do your flattening pass and keep it going that way and you can bounce between screens you'll get the idea i'll do a video on it man i'm gonna do a video you guys need it just to show you some of the tricks behind it uh everybody if you're just tuning in welcome i have no clue how many are in here at this moment but welcome to the print life live i'm doing a q a everyone everyone was complaining about it being kind of laggy so i just decided to jump directly into the q a so sorry if i didn't give everybody enough time to hop in but welcome uh, it's awesome that you're here if you're here and if you're not here what's up with that i'm a little offended so are every everybody else who took the time to to jump into the chat here gabriel definitely try that i currently use a heat press but it's so dang, yeah thanks man Hi, I was telling you. can say official gentlemen hi from estonia can say where you buy plastisol inks if you're in estonia i don't know try screenprinting.com they're the, they're national do you do butt-to-butt -butt registration or overlap each color slightly? This is from Fabio Gutierrez, Jr. Okay, so he's asking, do you butt-to-butt -butt or, you know, color edge-to-edge -edge, or do you do an, an overlay with, like, um, with a trap? We do not trap. We butt-to-butt -butt every color. I, I hate the look of trapped prints. We just, like, our shop's really good at registering and our presses hold tight registration. As long as you got those two things, take a little bit more time. You don't need a trap, in my opinion. So we try not to. I can't stand the look of it. But at the end of the day, if it's a small trap, it's not going to really hurt anybody. See, and also the thing with trapping is it kind of prevents your ability to do wet on wet. Because if you're wet on wetting with a trap, you're going to get some weird bleeding on the edges and it just won't look good. So you have to flash every color, which can slow production down, especially on a manual press. Blah, 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 blah. Get the idea? Try not to trap. We don't use it. Do you always need to buy another color inks on black? Pretty much. Yeah. Flex McKenzie. Do you always need an underbase to do white or shit? Do you always need a white underbase with color inks on black? Pretty much, yes. I do it even if it's like a dark color like a blue. We just underbase everything. But some people disagree. And it, it depends on your final look. Like, you know, sometimes you can just, if you have, say, a red and a royal blue. Sometimes you can get away with not underbasing it and just double hitting the red, like print flash printing the red. But we just find it's easier to underbase every damn thing. We've gotten our underbases really thin, so it's a, it's a very soft-handed feel anyway. So we just underbase stuff. This is what we do. We like to keep it bright, baby. But you don't have to. Each job has its own application. There's never two of the exact same job unless it's one color. And even then it's different because locate Anyway, yeah, there's no two... two no two similar jobs. What's up with the discharge? Abdullah Al-Munez. Uh, what do you mean, what's up with it? <clears throat> what do you think of Wilflex Lava Plastisol from Casmin Wells? As far as I can tell, it's exactly the same as... Give me one sec. As far as I can tell, it's just a relabeled version of traditional Wilflex. It's just relabeled by Ryanet or ScreenBrinning.com. And we use Wilflex here at the shop pretty much religiously. The only thing we don't like from Wilflex is the white. Can't stand manually printing white ink, the white high opacity ink from Wilflex. Can't stand it. We prefer Union Bright Cotton White for Plastisol. And then we pretty much discharge everything else. So you can't. So here's the point with, with ink. And I'm going to dive into this for a second. Every manufacturer has will have some inks that are great, a certain line of inks that are great, and another line of inks is dog shit. You can't subscribe to a particular manufacturer. Actually, I do want to do a video on comparing all the different whites and how they print and show you, like, try to really do a good in-depth review of, like, the four top white plastisols. Excuse me. But just like what we do, we use Wilflex for all of our color inks, but we use Union for our white Plastisol ink. We use Matsui for our discharge bases and our water-based inks. Uh, and we also use a lot of Ryanet's um, water-based inks because they're just they're really nice. They're nice. They're pre-mixed. They have a lot of pre-mixed colors for water-based, so it's easier. 
Will Flex has the worst Pantone matching system on God's green earth. Whereas Ryanet has created, or ScreenPrinting.com, they've created a decent mixing or Pantone matching system, so it works a lot better. Um, okay, so what do you think of Will Flex Lava? So Elevation Print and Science says supposedly it's its own formula. They could, it could be. I mean, I know that their water base is basically a, a custom formula of Matsui, or it was originally. So that may be right, man. I don't know. You know, those guys are up to all kinds of crazy shit. I, um, that would be cool if they they made their own formula and maybe fixed some of the issues like for instance that the Wilflex white has that we don't like maybe their formula fixes that stuff i haven't tried any of it i just heard through the grapevine and um there i go just spouting off misinformation because i haven't tested it out and that's the rule of thumb man like no matter what color you're going to use buy every manufacturer's white ink and just test the shit they all have different properties. They all print differently. They all look different. They all feel different. Just buy a quart of everything. When you're, uh, for instance, with white, get a quart of every manufacturer's white. Test them all out. Get the same screen, same graphic. Load it up with all those colors, and then make make the determination for yourself. Sometimes you just you pick one because it actually flows easier. You know, there's a million reasons, but you got to test everything in this industry. Don't take anyone's word for shit. Because we're all just a bunch of Goombas pretending like we know stuff. Uh, all right. Any more questions coming through, guys? It's kind of hard to kind of hard to tell. Wow, there's 21 of you in here. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, I think supposedly its own formula. This, all right, I'm going to go back up because I'm missing questions here. This is from The Mug Productions. I just used some old wood to make a frame and stretched it out and printed some stickers all in my closet. Thanks for the inspiration. I might make videos showing what I do. You definitely should, The Mug Productions. That is cool. I can't believe you actually went through the process of making and stretching your own frames because I did that a few times and it was such a nightmare. I would never recommend anyone to do it because it's a hassle, but the fact that you did it is dope. Keep it up. Uh, pasta saw. All right, guys. Well, so the the quest the Q and A's aren't coming through. So while we wait for that, I guess I'm gonna get I'm gonna pick up back where I left off because you guys said it's not delaying that badly. So I'm gonna pick up where I left off, which was gonna be on the mother effing news, baby. All right. So this news, like I was saying earlier, because I kind of backed out of this when I thought we were having a huge delay. This news has nothing to do with screen printing. I looked everywhere for some kind of fresh news. Couldn't find jack shit. So I'm just going with the things that interest me. This is completely not screen printing related. So if that bothers you, come back in a little bit. First thing on the on the news uh, announcements for the day. Anyway, Volvo has officially announced that they're going to be... This is crazy to me. Okay, so they, this is what they did. They officially announced that they're phasing out combustion engines. Volvo, freaking Volvo, one of the major manufacturers has made the decision to start phasing out combustion engines, gasoline engines. They're going to do some hybrids and then they're going to go all electric, but pretty much they're going to start phasing out solo uh, fuel cars. That shit is crazy. And I think with Volvo jumping on that bandwagon, this could be kind of the renaissance or the end. Not the renaissance. This could be the end of the gasoline engine and the renaissance of the electric car. This shit could be on its way in, man. On the flip side of that, it could just be a trend. Uh, Volvo could completely regret that move and who knows, could end up a bunch of different ways. Either way, I'm still going to be dumping gasoline in my gas guzzler and heading to the supply house for all my shit i mean i haven't even considered making the jump to electric or even hybrids yet it'd be it'd be cool but it's also overpriced and i don't buy new i don't buy cars new anyway so anyway that's interesting to me that volvo actually did that that says something for the state of the industry i don't know what it says but it says something okay and in this one this shit is completely out of left field it's not even really news i guess it kind of is depends on how you see it there is a resurgence of people 
that are buying into the idea, the thought process, the religion, the conspiracy of the flat earth. Yeah, I went there. If <laughs> I don't know if you if you watch Joe Rogan, if you're if you spend any time on YouTube, you've probably heard it come up. Uh, I think LeBron James has even kind of bought into this whole thing, so it's it's catching on the flat earth game. What what this means, I have no goddamn idea. Uh, here's here's okay. So here's what the flat earthers say. I'm gonna read this off because I can't remember it. Basically, they say that NASA is nothing more than a tax scam, okay? Gravity is bullshit, and the sat- they say the satellites don't exist because no matter how high you go up, gravity is always there. So they, they have all these crazy things, but they're saying that... So the flat earthers say it without any of their own proof, right? Like they haven't gone up high enough to see if you can get to a certain point where they use like the faked moon landings and shit, which I think is pretty much universally agreed on at this point. But they use all these things to try to sell the idea that the earth is flat. Um, uh, movements and, and they're using it to get people on board. So there's a lot of crazy shit. And if you if you decide to take a second out of your day and look into what all of the, the crazy shit they're spitting, you know... You, I found myself getting, I'm intrigued by it. Now, this is, this is the thing. You guys are probably saying, well, well, anyway, first off, I just want to tell you, sorry, this ain't have anything to do with screen printing. But like I said, when it comes to the news, I'm going to talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about. And that's just the way it's going to be. But this is what I think. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't know if the earth is round. I don't know if the earth is flat. I don't know if satellites exist because I've never fucking launched one. I've never been out of the strat. I've never been out of the atmosphere to a point where gravity has disappeared. Uh, I will say that it is, it's interesting. They come up with a lot of theories without a lot of proof in science. And what this, okay, so what this tells me, I'm trying to keep on track this because I don't, I don't necessarily believe the earth is flat. I don't believe it's round. I think that nobody has any clue what it is. This is my this is my stance on it from listening to all of the sides to the best of my ability. But what I think is is good about the the resurgence of these these people that are kind of like loonies bringing this shit up is that it's starting to get people questioning the authorities on any given subject. And I think that's the point and that's really what's important about this whole trend to, to of people like buying into the flat earth movement. Whether it's flat, whether it's round, doesn't really matter. We as a society have a terrible habit of taking what what the so-called experts, the pseudoscientists, these these professionals, these geniuses, for what they say as fact, as gospel, without requiring them to prove it without a shadow of a doubt. And uh, you know, a lot of these agencies, whether it's in the food industry or the space industry or tobacco, whatever, they're always bullshitting everything. That there, it's just it's one big lie the majority of it is done for money okay so it's anyway i'm going off topic there i'm digressing a little bit here's what i love about it i think if people catch wind of it and instead of just saying that's crazy fuck this they do some research on it what you will find i think above all else is that everybody's lying the people slang in this term the people slang in this idea the people slang in that idea no one really knows what the hell they're talking about they're just putting shit out there and just because there's a big group of people that believe it does not make it the truth either. Just because there's tons of scientists that have that have latched on to this idea or this theory doesn't mean it's true. Everything is everybody just seems to be full of shit. And I think that's the important thing of this whole movement. So anyway, okay, that was that was fun and hopefully you guys that doesn't just loot give fucking take away any credibility i have on anything but i figured i'd bring it up again i'm not a flat earther i'm not a round earther but i love that it's getting people to question what they're told i think that's the important thing to take from all this okay moving on to the business topic of the goddamn day this one's interesting to me let me let me let this catch up it's business topic time ladies it's business topic time ladies and gentlemen well hang on before i get into that let me um Open up our chat and see if anyone's tuning in. But it's garbage. You can plastic jar. Okay. Flat Earth is a whack idea. Yeah, it's craziness, dude. 
Dory Poo got my whole shop through Craigslist. Okay, what's the search criteria used for searching for office space on Craigslist? Okay, I'm going to come back in here and answer some questions, and then I'll get back into the news, guys. Okay, starting with Michael Lawanson. What's the search criteria you used in searching for office space on Craigslist? The only real criteria is you, you, you know, because you can how much minimum square footage, how much maximum square footage you need. Uh, you're going to look for if it is property managed. So a lot of the times on Craigslist, it'll tell you by uh, like who's one of them here, Cutler Commercial. You know, usually I stay away from anyone that has that kind of thing in the name Cutler Commercial. It's like nothing to do with the business. They're just managing this shit. They're super unflexible. They don't care about you as a person or as a business and they just won't work with you. So yeah, Marcus. Okay, everybody. I brought this up. I brought the whole flat, the whole flat earth thing up just because it is news and I've noticed it like everywhere. So I'm just putting my two cents in. I'm not a believer in any of it, but it is good that it has us questioning the professionals. And the same case goes into point right here on this show. Just because I say something doesn't necessarily make it true. Just because somebody in the chat says something doesn't necessarily make it true. We give you advice, we give you input, and then you go out and find out for yourself if you buy what I said as a truth or not. But don't just take anyone's word for anything because it's crazy. And that's what I love about this particular thing coming up is it's making people go, wait a minute, maybe these idiots don't know what they're talking about. Maybe they're bullshitting us. That's the whole point. I very rarely apologize, but if I took it there and it was strange, fuck it, right? Fuck it. Okay, what's the hardest thing you had to learn as a new business owner? So many things, and I'm still learning them. Right now, I'm trying to uh, understand numbers and predict like the future revenues based on current trends. So right now I'm trying to understand numbers and how things go and how you can predict like the next year and the following year, especially when I found that just because you do this much in revenue doesn't necessarily mean it will double next year. Like to double something that you do, you have to like double your production capacity and all of these different things. So it's just a nightmare trying to work through when the right time to make certain moves are. I found that difficult and I still find that difficult. Um, I find all the tax shit not only difficult, but like brain bleeding, irritating. I can't stand it. I can't stand paying sales tech. I can't stand figuring all that stuff out. I really need to find um, other ways to, to get that done. I've, I've experimented with multiple accountants and all this stuff with, with really bad luck. So I hate the whole, the whole tax government side of things. I can't stand that part. Everything else is pretty chill, man. Not everything else, you just go with your gut and your instincts and you just hope you make the right choice. And believe me, I've made a lot of stupid choices still to this day. Uh, turned into Alex Jones. So yes, it did. New to silkscreen life. I used a screen, did a few prints. It worked great today. I went to do some more and there was a haze around the letters. What did I do wrong? Okay, let me reread this. This is from Alan Defy. New to the silkscreen life. I used a screen, did a few prints. It worked great. Today, I went to do some more and there is a haze around the letters. What did I do wrong? That's different because it just sat there. I mean, the first thing I would say is, you did you clean the bottom of the screen before you started again? Make sure that there is no residual plastisol around the edge of the stencil. You know, a lot of the times if you set it aside, it could get, you, you need to clean the base. I would like literally scoop all the crap out of this screen, scrub the ink off both sides, make sure you're starting with like a fresh, new, clean screen, set it back up. Uh, usually hazing around the edges comes from palette deflection, shirt lift, or just like loose screens or over like too much off contact. So there's a lot of things you need to check. Make sure that you're not using too much pressure. Make sure the shirt isn't lifting. That's usually the most common thing, man. The shirt lifts just a, just a little bit and it kind of creates a haze because the first print is moving around when you do the second pass. So check that the shirts are tacked down well. And that should that should get you fixed up, man. I got my whole flat earth is a whack idea. Yes, it is. Totally kidding. Um, the earth is flat. Totally kidding. I don't know, man. It's interesting. Have you made or are you planning videos on ink additives like Plastipuff or Suede? Ooh, you know what? This is from John McCougan. I have not thought about that. Again, I'm still trying to work through the baseline tutorials, like all the beginner stage shit. Tutorials are really difficult to shoot. They're time-consuming, at least the way that I do them. 
and I try to like write comedy into them and shit. So they're they're kind of they're time consuming. But I'm trying to get all the baseline stuff done, and I do think that would be a great idea for a video, do an additives video. Yeah, I'll, I will I will do that at some point. How do you discharge with Plastisol? There, this is from Michael Lawanson. There's an additive. It's called Plastacharge. I don't. There's brand specific. I haven't experimented with it. I've heard some people love it. Some people hate it. I I don't have an opinion on Plastacharge because we just go straight to discharge. I don't. I don't really know why you wouldn't just go straight to discharge. I guess like if you don't want to invest in a whole other ink system, I can. I get it. But I don't know. I just like in my mind, I think. If you're using Plastacharge, you're going to dilute the pigment the pigment concentration of that ink when you add the, the Plastacharge additive to it, which would then probably make it not very bright, I would assume. I could be wrong. I haven't tested it. Maybe in the future I'll do a video on Plastacharge versus Discharge, and I'll, I'll tell you guys my results. A lot of videos to make. Gosh, you guys are giving me all these ideas. How am I going to do them all? It's crazy. How can you... How you can print tote bags, what kind of use I can use? This is from Jesus Rojas. What kind of ink? Uh, well, uh, most tote bags, are, tote bags are polyester, as far as I know. Some of them, I, I've, I've had a few of them where they're like nylon. So if they're nylon, you got to use Nylabon, the additive. It's like a catalyst, and it hardens the ink over time. If they're plastic, or I'm sorry, if they're polyester, you just need to have an additive, like either a... Um, a low temp additive so that you don't go over 290 and you can cure the ink that will prevent dye migration the other way is just to get a full-blown polyester ink and print that way the tote bags are dope because they're super easy to print uh, they got a pretty good markup customers love them I love tote bags you use speedball for tote us uh, Jason N says he uses speedball for tote bags so you use a water-based speedball on tote bags, that's cool. Shield. I'm assuming light colors, right? I don't have a lot of experience with speedball. Only the the colors for poster printing. I pretty much only use speedball on posters on paper. I think it's the same, huh? Amazon low screen tension. Yeah, Jason is correct with low screen tension earlier. There's so many things with a screen, but it's the the low screen tension thing is interesting only because he said they printed fine the first day. Strange. I feel like you just didn't clean the screen good enough the first time. But yeah, man, they may, the screens, the mesh may have loosened. What is the right time for exposure of a screen? Jesus Rojas, that varies wildly depending on your exposure unit, how you're exposing it, how if you're using metal halide, halogen, the sun. The sun's like the fastest. Um, yeah, the sun, dude. Like, like a lot of people, they expose with uh, black lights or grow lights. They It takes, like my understanding, is like 15 minutes. Ours takes like one minute, one minute, 30 seconds, our exposure unit. The sun on a bright day takes 30 seconds-ish. Tote bags is polyester, but it's two colors. Yeah, two color poly, that would be, that'd be dope, man. That's a good job. So, if tote, oh yeah, so that's the thing with, with totes. Okay, so they will melt. It's probably a polyester so you need to add you need a low cure additive because you need to get that that temperature below 290 degrees so that you're not melting the bag but that the the, the print is still curing so water-based ink might be another option because with water-based ink uh, you could just run it through at a decent temperature at a low temperature and then just let them air dry you have options you just need to get your temperature lower so if you're using plastisol get a low cure plastisol polyplastisol I don't know how to dry. You got to use a flash or a conveyor dryer. Anyway. Okay, so I answered some questions. Let's get back to... Uh, we got the new shit done. Oh, yeah. I wanted to get back to the business topic of the day, which I was talking about earlier. <clears throat> this one, I didn't do much research on it. Let me let this, let me let this shit hang on. Take a sip here. Guys, how am I doing so far, man? I know that this is strange, <laughs> and I completely left the screen printing world for a while, but just expect that. When it comes to the news, with the news portion of this, it's going to be whatever the fuck I want to talk about. I'm not just committed to screen printing news. And if you try to do a search on screen printing, you'll see why. There's just not that much interesting news released on a weekly basis. So that'll be my opportunity to kind of share some of my opinions on other things. Uh, okay, so to the business topic of the day. 
I'm going to read this off of my little paper here. Over the last 10 years or so, the majority of businesses that have adopted the technology movement have been pioneering the automation of business-related tasks. Okay, so in the print industry, we see this trend in every aspect of the shop, from the screen room all the way to the loading docks. Uh, all these innovations are driving operational costs down and the need for labor down. So it's like I said that shit and then like I'm looking at it now and it's just like I kind of, I just jump to a question that's almost not even connected. But I'm just going to go with it. Uh, so the first thing that, what I, the statement I just said, the question that that brings up to me is how far can automation go in the screen printing industry compared to where it's at now? <clears throat> So I'm just going to riff on this one. I didn't write a bunch of like, I'm just basically reading something and then I'm asking myself the question and I'm going to respond to it. And then in the meantime, you guys can also respond to these questions in the, in the chat. I'd love to see them. And while that's going down, I'm actually going to bring the chat window up. So your response will show up in the chat window uh, live. So leave your response while I leave mine. How far can automation go in the print industry? Well, it's already gone pretty damn far. There's automatic screen coders, automatic uh, screen cleaners, screen exposure, um, there's automatic unloaders, there's pretty much everything, automatic screen coding. In the screen room alone, all you really need is one guy to move the screen from this station to that station. And he can do hundreds of screens in a day, which is crazy, right? So that's been automated to a pretty big extent. Uh, I can see if you were a huge shop with tons of money, Perhaps bringing some kind of robotic system in to move the screen from place to place. I could see it going that far, and more than likely it will in, the, in sometime in the future, uh, where the screen room is completely human-free. It's just like one big freaking automated thing, right? Like um, I can see it going that far. I know a lot of the wholesale, like Sanmar, for instance, the entire, almost the entire warehouse is automated. So there's like shit being grabbed by, and they have very few people that actually work the warehouse, is my understanding. Uh, on the press, uh, right now they already have like like The Rock has foiling on press now. So a lot of things are being taken out to where the need to have someone else doing it is being minimized. There are auto unloaders. There are auto grabber off of the, the – there's a machine that will take the shirt off the end of the conveyor dryer, fold it, and bag it. Uh, there are – automatic uh you know shipping code shit so like all the shipping and stuff is taken care of i see the entire thing going automated the only thing that i do question is the load of the t-shirt on the press i can't find a in my simple brain i can't think of a single situation where they can create something that can do that because it's kind of a knack right you have to learn you know it's by feel and machines have a hard time with feel like oh this isn't quite right because it's almost like a I don't think that they can replace the load of the shirt. It's the only thing I don't think that they can automate. Everything else, I see it going all the way. And anyway, I elaborated on that for far too long. What does this trend mean for small shops in comparison with the big shops that have humongous that have humongous budgets? Can a shop like myself, maybe any of you guys watching, compete? Is there going to be room for the little guy, especially when the automation is that that far out there? Goddamn, I don't know. That's the question, right? And that's what we have to fear is like small businesses in general. If you're just tuning in, thank you for tuning in. You guys are awesome. I'm doing my business topic of the day right now, and then I'll get back to the Q&A shortly. Uh, so is there room for the little guy as, as somebody starts to take the reins of automation and really become the printer? I talked about this briefly last week. I do foresee a, a single company coming through and commoditizing printing just kind of taking it over and being the go-to. Like the Walmart is shopping and Amazon is now kind of even taking over that. Um, I see it happening. Uh, and then it may, and then that making it much difficult for the smaller guys like ourselves to come in and, and carve out our niche in the market. Um, when you look at things like the big contract world is already being gobbled up, right? And now the custom world is being gobbled up. Custom Inc. does the 24 pieces and less, which most pre printers never wanted that. Uh, but they've pretty much gobbled up that market. And now with things with applications and companies like Printful, they're like completely annihilating the custom market because no one has to pre-order in bulk. Printful has created a system where it's print to order. They print it as it's ordered. 
and there's quality issues. You know, a lot of it's digitally printed and stuff. But at the end of the day, a lot of customers don't really give a shit. They just don't want to have to come out of pocket with anything. The industry's changing. Uh, I think any of us, us printers as a community, as a whole, we need to like band together as the small people and somehow create a bigger universe out of all of our, our tinier network and work together that way because otherwise we will be taken over for sure by some big corporate conglomerate that's going to just take it all take it all away the walmart of screen printing it's coming okay that was fun and now we are back to the q a gosh darn let me see let's see what else we got here bring the no 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 i can't afford any of that poo All right, guys. So I wanted to do the Q&A, but I know we did a lot later, guys. Everyone's out of here. Got to go to class. Take it easy. All right, guys. Um, It's insane where it is now. I totally agree. Okay, I'm going to read this real quick. There's a few things that went in here. Having a blast here. Speedball air drives. Having a blast here with you, dude. Okay, so Jason seems to like the the, the format I'm going with. Flex is cool with it. Uh, let the blabbering continue. LOL, but good so far. Good, good, good. How can you have the right? Okay, how can you know the right price to charge to a customer for screen printing? You don't. Every every location is different. Uh, now everything is moving to online, so you are competing just at the higher at what whatever Custom Ink is charging, whatever U Shirts is charging. These are the really low. U Shirts is like really low cost. Uh, you're competing with them now. That's the that's the way of the world. Just like retail, Best Buy has to compete with the prices on Amazon. If they don't, they're toast. They're done. So you have to just look at any of the online companies and base your pricing on that, dude. I mean, everyone say this is that's the crazy thing. You know, that's a lot of a lot say that that's bad business, which it kind of is because you're lowering the value of the market. But this market is already being commoditized. Uh, turned into a commodity like i was saying earlier if we band together that might help uh by keeping like a higher price tag across the board but then everyone's just gonna go to the online shit anyway i don't know guys i have no answer to that again i'm not a brilliant business person i've heard all these rules about how to price your shit and not to price too low and all this kind of stuff we price based on what our expenses are which is what you really need to do based on this much work if you if you estimate that you can get this much work in a month you take that, you take your bills, you add it all together, you figure out how much each job needs to pay roughly or how much you need to make in a day, and you can base your pricing off that. Uh, Jesus, check out other shops pricing. I can't afford any of that poo. With my yeah, so I think banding together like a strong network is something that if, if all of us smaller shops can somehow do that, I can see I can see going a long way. And I do actually have an idea for that here in the future. It's actually part of my business plan and I will unveil it when the time comes. I think it'll be dope. Can you make this and it's a screenshot of a custom ink screen? Okay, this is, okay. Okay, now we're gonna get into screen printing, bitching and ranting, but I agree with this one. Fabio Gutierrez Jr. says, I love when someone asks you, can you make this? And it's a screenshot of the custom ink order sheet. Happens all the fucking time, right? We've any screen printer that has has that has more than ten customers in a week has experienced this in bulk, and it's the reason they're doing this is because they go through the process, they create the artwork, and then they realize Custom Ink is extremely expensive. But what Custom Ink offers that even Inksoft doesn't offer is a freaking gigantic library of clip art. They allow the customer to create a graphic, and in the printing industry, doesn't matter who you are, what you do. The graphic is the bottleneck. And so we tried using Inksoft for a long time, which it's a good company. They have the, next to Custom Ink, they have the largest clip art library, but it's still not enough. Uh, until, until Inksoft's library is a million pieces deep, it just can't compete with what Custom Ink offers. So once the clients have now figured out kind of what they want it to look like, then they come to us to get actually a decent price because Custom Ink is the most expensive print. They are the most expensive printer in the industry period which goes to show man like if you create a brand if you create a presence you can charge a lot because custom ink is a prime example of that but you know cheapskates don't go to them but most people that just want to set it and forget it custom ink is a godsend to them anyways i have a video doing that uh, fabio 
keeping us together as one unit. Yeah, I hope so. That's like that's kind of the point, I think. We got to just band together. I can't afford any of that poo. All right, guys. Let's see here. It's I think I've been on here for an hour. I I can't talk usually much longer than an hour anyway. I already feel my energy levels dropping. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, let me read this shit. I'm going <laughs> to... Because I haven't memorized this yet. So this is going to be a little disingenuous. But I want to thank you for tuning in to the Print Life Live. Um, next week, I'm going to go 8. I'm testing some time slots here. So tune in next Wednesday at freaking 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for the next live Q&A and news and all that kind of shit. So make sure that you like this feed. Subscribe if you're not subscribed already. Uh, and then tune in next Wednesday at 8. Uh, you guys are dope. Thank you so much for the questions. Uh, keep them coming. Write your questions down, and I'll answer them again next week. Uh, also, in the live feed or in the comments of this channel, let me know anything you guys want to see that you think might be a neat addition to the live portion. Within reason, something that I can do, whether it's a topic that I can talk about weekly. I just want some cool ideas to keep you guys engaged and interested, and maybe just to give you guys my perspective on that idea. You guys are the dopest motherfuckers out there. Thank you so much, Print Fam. I'm tuning the hell out. See you next Wednesday. Peace out. Yeah.